Hello and welcome to the Berean Book Club podcast with your hosts Francois Poe and Conrad Rieder, the podcast where we discuss books written by saints both dead and alive to see what they can teach us and the church today and hopefully spur us on in our love for Christ. We're so glad you're joining us. Thank you for joining us for episode 12 of the Berean Book Club. In today's episode, Francois and I discuss Good News for Great Joy by John Piper, a 25-day Advent devotional. In this episode, as we delve in, we talk through the significance of the church calendar and days like Advent, the shadows which are fulfilled at Jesus' birth, Jesus' humility at his death and at his birth, the destructiveness of sin, and different responses to Christmas. Thank you for still tagging along. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome everyone to the last episode of the year, episode 12. It's been a great journey for for both of us and we're glad if you've been joining us month after month or if you've only listened to this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to, to have you with us here at the Berean Book Club. Yeah, it's been an awesome year that's forced us to read some really good books that we've been truly encouraged by and we've been encouraged to share that with with you guys so thanks for being on this uh, journey with us yeah that has been a very very good year um uh, we've already started compiling our book list for next year which has been really exciting um it's hard to choose just 12 books yeah to um to be uh, uh yeah to be on list and even with this year's book list we chose 12 in the beginning of the year but we chopped and changed as things went yeah um you have to excuse my voice today i'm a little bit sick but um, it just makes stuff sound spunky. <laughs> spunky. Malberger. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but very excited to wrap the year up with a little book like this on Advent. Yeah, so we are looking at uh, a book by John Piper called Great News for Great, Good News for Great Joy. Okay. I'm really bad with the book titles and names, but yeah. Uh, Piper, it's a devotional book um, just for Advent, 25 readings um, as you as you go through December as we work our way to Christmas. Yeah, and it's been good. It's been a really short and easy read, but as is always the case with Piper, it is stirring and uh, it's written to change our hearts. Yeah. So I've loved yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Um, I mean, we may as well jump right in Yeah. Um, over there. Uh, it's always good just to orientate ourselves around the purpose of of the book, and even for a little devotional book like this, uh, Piper has a very particular purpose, and in many ways it's kind of a classic Piper fashion. Um, he says that his express purpose is to uh, to grow your affections, mm. to grow our affections for Jesus, as we as we meditate and reflect on a couple of things as we build up to Christmas. Um, he does say this is not necessarily the purpose of Advent, but he says this is the purpose of his book for Advent, mm. uh, and it really has done that for me um, in uh, yeah in in a couple of just small unexpected ways. This is the first time that I've ever worked through any Advent material building up to to Christmas. Uh, I haven't done that strictly this this time because it is only the twelfth of December today. Um, 
but it's been really, really good. It's really functioned uh, to stir my affections for Jesus again in in some small and unexpected ways. Um, and yeah, it's it's most certainly pushed av- Advent up on my priorities list. Perhaps next year it would be good to follow a little bit more of a, a structured thing building up to Advent. Um, yeah, just having a bit of a taste of what that would be like through this book by Piper has actually been really good for me. Mm-hmm. One of the things as we kind of jump into some of the days, uh, one of the things that Piper did quite a lot was really show us not only kind of, he, he showed us how Jesus is the fulfillment of a whole bunch of shadows in the Old Testament. I mean, so a lot of the readings are from the book of Hebrews and even has an appendix at the end where he, he specifically goes and looks at each of these like shadows and fleshes it out a bit. Um, but I thought it was really helpful what he was what he was doing there as we prepare kind of our hearts for the coming of of Jesus is to familiarize ourselves with the shadows so that our hearts are stirred up with anticipation for the fulfillment of mm. that shadow. And in the one day when he's uh, kind of speaking ab- about uh, Hebrews chapter eight, and in Hebrews. The, the writer of Hebrews is warning the, these Jewish Christians not to go back to the shadow, mm. but to actually make sure they go to Jesus. Um, and he, Piper encourages us to do the same, to, to be careful not to turn back to the Old Testament and hold on to the shadows that are presented there. And he uses a really good analogy that I wanted to, mm. to share with, uh, with you guys because I think it's helpful for us to understand what's going on here. He says, imagine this, suppose you and your mom get separated in the grocery store and you start to get scared and panic and you don't know which way to go. And as you run to the end of the aisle and just before you're like about to burst into tears, you see a shadow on the floor and it looks just like your mom and it makes you really hopeful. And then he, he says this, which I think is the kicker, but which is better? the hopefulness of seeing the shadow or having your mom actually step around the corner. And I I just feel like this is something I'd love for us to recover, especially as I've been teaching a bit, like quite a lot of Old Testament through through BTI, is this year as, as we start to remember Jesus coming to earth, the shadows that I've that I've seen has made me hungry. I'm longing for the obedient king who will come and rescue his people. Mm. I'm longing for the better sacrifice. I'm longing for the presence of God to dwell amongst his people. Mm. And the Old Testament is a great picture because it shows me these shadows. But the 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 season of Christmas, the the coming of Christ is actually the fulfillment of that. Mm. It's the reality that, yes, God has promised these things. He showed that this is what he's coming to do. And now at Christmas, we remember that God is true to his word. He is faithful. And Jesus has now come. Mm. And so for me, it's just made me adore Jesus all the more. He is worthy of all my adoration Mm. because he isn't the shadow. Mm. And I'm not going to go back to the shadow. I'm going to I'm going to run like I would run to my mom's arms, mm. as as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, it's made me re- recognize that this is 
this is my king who I've been hoping for, longing for. Mm. He's mm. the one that has actually come. Yeah. And uh, I mean, isn't that like the purpose of why he's writing, you know? Yeah. Um, he he wants that to be us. He doesn't he doesn't want us to be like just standing there hopeful by the shadow. He wants to stir that running into running into our Savior's arms. That's what he wants to do with this devotional book. Mm, mm. Um, to you know, to capture our hearts. Uh, that we'd yeah, that we'd that we they would they would really, really run, that we'd be hopeful and actually embracing Jesus and and as we understand what he's come to do at his birth. Um, yeah. yeah, and that touches on like all the different shadows. There's lots of different things he mentions. I mean, something that, that, that you said struck you was the way in which kind of you make sure you understand the seriousness of sin. Mm. And that does the same, it, it does the same thing. Once we understand the reason why Jesus had to come, not only for his great plan, but also the real implications it has for my life as I struggle with my sin, as I see the effects of sin in the world and in my life, as I see the brokenness, as mm. as I kind of get dissatisfied with the world, myself, and the life around me, mm. we Jesus coming to 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 the world, Jesus coming down, is really this the the answer to all of life's like suffering and consequences of sin he, he, he's truly coming to mm. to mm. deal with that mm. and it does that's what he does throughout the book it's mm. just uh give us new eyes to see jesus and what he has come to do afresh mm. as he continues to unpack that a little bit uh one of the things which he draws on quite a bit is jesus humility yeah um he uh, the book opens with a bit of like an anticipation like if you want to know what what piper's favorite christmas passage is you're gonna have to wait till the end <laughs> and uh and then and then he he goes to a particular passage and he ends on like quite a big humility note um but this is something that's that that really stood out to me f kind of from the get-go of the book uh, piper brings out really well how how jesus is Humility and Jesus's humiliation uh, wasn't just something which was characteristic of his death, mm. of him dying mm. on the cross, but from the very get-go, from his birth, uh, you you have these markers of of humiliation and instability and and humility as his kind of like born amidst this kind of scandal between Joseph and Mary. Uh, they can't find a place to stay. There's no way for them to stay. Uh, he ends up being born in a in a manger in a feeding trough, and uh, it's it's it, it, his entire birth is categorized by this this massive like humiliation. Mm, mm. Uh, and and Piper makes makes the explicit point that that this is Jesus' fundamental mission. Yeah. That this is he 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 came to serve, not to be served. He came for a very express purpose, and uh, the cross and his humiliation uh, and his humility wasn't uh, wasn't a plan B or a, a a possibility depending on how things go, but from his very birth, this was the way that that he willfully chose yes. for things to be. Um, he's got one day which reflects quite a bit on the 
on the inn and there not being a room for them uh, for them to stay. And he, uh, Papa writes this, he says, yes, God could have seen to it that Jesus have a room at his birth, but that would have been a detour off the Calvary Road. Um, uh, and that just so vividly captures that idea that he's trying to make. Jesus all along was, was the one who suffered, uh, who, who turned away from himself, who gave himself up uh, for, the sake of, for the sake of us for the sake of God's glory. Um, and that's, that's something that which comes as a fresh reminder to me uh, as, we f- as we focus on like the cute baby and the angels and the wise men and whatever, uh, we can like romanticize that a little bit. Mm. Um, and sometimes at the, at the expense of, of missing the simple fact that it's, it's not supposed to be cute, it's supposed to, uh, it's supposed to be humiliating. Yeah, it strikes us when you truly truly see it 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 shows us that our king is not a king who for a moment chooses servanthood for the sake of something else Mm -hmm. his very character is that of someone who chooses to serve others Mm -hmm. that's his essence Mm -hmm. that's who he that's who our god is and that's why he's worthy of all glory all praise everything but we we see it fit to kind of walk a different road than the Calvary road because we think that's not that's not the road for for us. Mm-hmm. You know that? And it's just it's striking from the get go. That is that is our King, King Jesus is the one who chooses to serve from from where he where he is born throughout his whole his mm-hmm. whole life. And uh, it's yeah, it's truly. It's truly striking. Hmm. He he speaks a lot about kind of the need for for Christ's death and the importance of it as coming to deal with with the the problem of sin. But as you said, like his humiliation was not just kind of in his death, but also in his birth. But he says this about his death that I thought was was helpful for us. He says Jesus became man because what was needed was the death of a man was more than a man. The incarnation was God locking himself into death row. And here's the the part that I like. Christ did not risk death. He chose death. He embraced it. This is precisely why he came. Not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Mm. Christ, from the beginning, it was part of his plan to walk to that cross and to die, to give his life as a ransom for his people and to bring about freedom for them. And so Papa goes on in that same day to say Christmas is for freedom. One of the things that we should uh, should bring us great joy is when we remember the deep need for our sin to be pardoned and see the consequences of our sin. When we see the incarnation as Jesus comes to earth and God is actually doing something about it. And you see the death of Christ as he pays the price mm. for our sins. It should lead us to rejoice mm. and say, Christmas is for freedom. Mm. That is what Christ has accomplished for us by dying on the cross. Mm. Mm. Christmas is for freedom, freedom from the fear of death. Jesus took our nature in Bethlehem to die our death in Jerusalem, all that we might be fearless in our city today. He has one of the days where 
uh, he reflects a little bit on the response to Jesus. Mm. Uh, and he picks up kind of like two responses, looking at uh, looking at the uh, when Jesus when Jesus' birth is announced, the, the chief priests respond a certain way and, and Herod responds a certain way. And he kind of labels them as indifference, where the chief priests are kind of like whatever. Uh, uh, and hostility, where Herod is is threatened and and launches a kind of full fledged attack on the babies. Um, and I I think for us as followers of Jesus, our our danger would nearly nearly always be indifference mm. um, when it comes to Christmas time, uh, because because it's got the tendency to be one of those mundane parts of uh, uh, of the year with not mundane in terms of busyness uh, there's so much going on as you mentioned at the start um, but we I mean it's Christmas you know we have this every year what's the big deal um, and I think that's a li- that can be characteristic of the indifference that we see in the chief priests uh, when Jesus' birth is announced the king of the Jews uh, the the one who does this, the one who, the, the God who becomes a man to deal with sin, uh, to defeat Satan, all of all of the promise which lies in all of those shadows that we've mentioned, um, we we can be entirely indifferent to mm. that, uh, and that's probably our our greatest temptation mm. Uh, mm. as followers of Jesus today, when it comes to our response to Jesus' birth. Um, perhaps the thing which struck me most about about this book was uh, one of the days Piper reflects a little bit uh, near the end uh, just on kind of some of the explicit things Jesus comes to take care of um, and one of the things he speaks about is 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 the the destructiveness of sin that Jesus expressly comes to to deal with that he says at one point uh, he, that's Jesus, didn't come to destroy sin because sin is fun. He came to destroy sin because sin is fatal. Mm. Um, and it really got me thinking that if we don't believe that sin is actually destructive and fatal, uh, Advent, it does make Advent and Christmas mundane. Yeah. Um, if it, when, when we believe that, that Jesus was just a good guy uh, who had good morals and came to kind of teach us good things um we we can quickly see him as like a bit of a party pooper you know the guy who comes to destroy fun mm. um we've if we've if we've actually tasted the the bitterness and the destruction caused by sin not only of others but of our own yes there there's an an inexpressible joy that comes at christmas time mm. as we remember uh, the one who came to take care of that. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't believe, if we don't believe that sin is actually bitter, that it actually is fatal, that it's actually destructive, um, we do tend to be more indifferent. Mm. Mm. I think in indifference can be very indifference to Christmas can almost be cured by that one simple, that one simple thing, by just r- remembering the destructiveness of sin and that makes Jesus coming so magnificent yeah it does that he takes care of that anything else you want to want to maybe add Uh, no 
Yeah, me too. It's been short and sweet. It has been. Uh, but yeah, I, I think our, our prayer for for ourselves and for you is in this Christmas time to really slow down and uh, remember, remember your need for a savior. And uh, so that when on Christmas morning you read the nativity scene and spend time in your church and wherever you are, as you reflect on that baby being born, Jesus, that you recognize it for what it truly is, not just another time hearing about baby Jesus, but recognizing my King, my Savior has come. Mm. And let that stir your heart. Let that bring you great assurance. Let that bring you joy. Mm. Despite all the family drama you may be going through right now and the kids on your nerves and your own sin, it's like in all of that, what is true is that God has come. He has come to deal with all the great problems, specifically that of of sin in this world. And uh, he has made a way for us to, to, to know him, to be with him forever. So praise God. Mm. Yeah. So on that note, I think that's all, all for us. So from the Berean Book Club, thank you for a great 2022. We've enjoyed doing this and uh, we hope you have a lovely Christmas period. Grace and peace, fam. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Berean Book Club podcast. We'd love for you to head over to your podcasting app and give us a review and subscribe to the podcast. It will help us so much. This podcast was brought to you by BTI Stellenbosch. BTI Stellenbosch exists to bring theology to the church. If you want to find out more information, you can head over to btistellenbosch.com. Until next time.